Hey, Hawkeye Nation. Thank you for joining us on our very special first episode of Kinnick Drive. I am your host, Jacob Keppen, and boy, when I tell you, I am excited for this upcoming college football season. We are midway through July now, and it's really starting to hit home that the season is right around the corner. There's just a few short weeks until the Big Ten Media Day, and it's really starting to feel like football is back. There's that anticipation starting to build up in the air, and I'm just as excited as you all are for our opening game, September 3rd, against South Dakota State. It's almost here. Not quite close enough, in my opinion. So, with this first episode, I wanted to do a little breakdown of the Hawkeyes' offense in this upcoming season. A little position-by-position breakdown of what to expect for a unit that really needs to take a step forward if they want to get back to that Big Ten championship game. I mean, really? Everything for Iowa this year comes down to the quarterback play. It might not be the central focus of the offense or of their team identity, but as the quarterback goes, the team goes. Typically, Iowa is a strong side. They have a very winning culture under Coach Kirk Ferentz. That's probably not going to change this year. They are a fundamentally sound team. They play good defense. They run the ball. Everyone really buys into their system. It provides a really high floor, and that's why Iowa is always a contender for the West Division in the Big Ten. However, there's a reason that Iowa hasn't taken that next step that other Big Ten teams have, such as Ohio State, such as Penn State in the past, such as Michigan this past year. It all is because of the quarterback play. It doesn't allow them to really compete with the best teams in the nation, such as Alabama, Georgia. They can't keep up because they don't have the facilities in the passing game, too. Take this past season, for example. Iowa was a very good team. Midway through the year, they were an extremely good team. They looked like a national contender. I mean, they were number two in the nation, which is an insane ranking for a team like Iowa who doesn't recruit as well as Bama or Ohio State or Texas A&M. But in the end, they weren't able to sustain it against those bigger teams like Michigan, especially in the Big Ten Championship game. They weren't able to keep up on offense. That's the biggest issue, and that's where Iowa really needs to see an increase in quality in their play. It all starts with the quarterback. Going into 2022, Spencer Petras once again looks to be the starter. There was a little bit of buzz that backup Alex Padilla could maybe push for the starting spot, but it was always going to be Spencer Petras. He has the experience to your starter in Iowa City, and frankly, they've won with him. It may never be because of Petras. You know, he's not going out gunslinging and winning them games on his own, but he's proven that he does enough for them to win just look in the past two years they were 10 and 4 last year the year before that in the weird covid shortened year they were 6 and 2 he's been good enough to not completely mess everything up with a really good roster but with that in mind it makes you wonder what iowa can do with a good quarterback you know They've been very solid as a team and a good competitor in the Big Ten with Spencer Petras not playing, well, good the past two years. You look at the stats, they've been rough. Last year, a little bit under 1,900 yards, 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 57% completion percentage. It's not really ideal, 
The year before, he was a bit better. Yeah, shade under 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns, five picks. But again, 57% completion percentage. Heading into his senior season and his third season as a starter, nobody's really expecting Spencer Peters to break out into superstardom. That would frankly be ridiculous to expect with what we've seen over the past couple years. I know that Kenny Pickett did it last year where he went from being a very mediocre college quarterback the first couple years at Pitt to really breaking out into superstardom. Yeah. And Kenny Pickett's also a student of Tony Rassiopi, who was also Spencer Petrus's trainer. But I would not go into 2022 expecting that at all. Yeah. I, I think we need to definitely have tempered expectations for Petrus. But that doesn't mean we can't have the hope of improvement from him. All the reports coming out of this spring and summer is that he looks better than he has ever before. Uh, Rassiope's been kind of raving about him uh, working with him over the summer, saying about how co more confident he is, how about how he's fixing the little things, which are really his main issue. Uh, he just spent time learning at the Manning camp. Again, he doesn't need to be a superstar on the level of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or even just a regular star like Aiden O'Connell for the Hawkeyes to win. He just needs to show a bit of improvement and become more of a league average quarterback. And that would enable the Hawkeyes to go into a way, way better position than where they currently are. Right now, they kind of look like the typical Iowa team that's going to be the eight, nine-ish wins, but maybe they compete for the West, but they're not really a national contender. If Spencer Peters can up his game and become just an average quarterback go from being like the 11th to 12th best quarterback in the big 10 to maybe like the seventh kind of in that sean clifford range then iowa would be very much better off we'll have to see if those reports of his improvement over the offseason are true we all certainly hope they are but again we're gonna have to see this season Moving on to the position group that is really the most integral to who Iowa football is as a whole on offense, it's the offensive line. If you watched Iowa at all last year, except in some small spurts, they were very un-Iowa-like. Of course, center Tyler Landerbaum was incredible. He's been fantastic for two years now. There's a reason he was a first-round pick, and there's a reason that Baltimore's already falling in love with him. Don't be surprised if he fits right in with Baltimore day one and is a fantastic year one starter. But besides him, it was pretty rough. Um, they, on the ground, averaged way less than they usually do. Last year, they averaged 123 yards on the ground a game. Compare that to 171 yards from the year before. And mind you, this was with a 1,000-yard rusher in Tyler Goodson, who is off to the NFL. It was pretty shaky last year in both run the run game and the pass game, and there's cause for concern when you consider that Linderbaum's off to the next level, Kyler Schott's also graduated as well. With all that said... I'm actually very optimistic about this offensive line group. I could be very, very wrong, of course. It is a big question mark, and 
again, a lot of this is speculation, but I think the reasons that they struggled are the reasons why they will succeed in 2022. So the biggest thing about the line last year was there was a lot of inexperience. Besides, again, a couple of veterans like Shot, like Linderbaum, like right tackle Jack Plum, who is back, thankfully, there were some inexperienced guys on that line. And I think that they got through their growing pains and it's going to make them only better moving forward because there are some special prospects on this line. Guys who are already getting draft buzz, even though they're only entering sophomore years and aren't even draft eligible really yet. Uh, The one that immediately comes to mind is left tackle Mason Richmond. He had some growing pains last year, of course. I mean, it's very hard as a freshman to come in and face Big Ten defenses, especially defensive ends. You know, that's kind of the trademark of the Big Ten, those great defensive linemen as well. Um, But at times he held his own and really showed some potential. A lot of people that cover the draft are intrigued by him with just how well he moves for his size. He's a big guy and he moves really well. Um, Just seeing a video at the end of the Big Ten Championship of Aiden Hutchinson coming up to him, acknowledging him, talking to him after the game, that gives me a ton of hope. I think with a year of Big Ten experience under his belt, with him knowing, oh yeah, this is how the this is how this league works. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. Alongside a year, extra year in the weight room, another year with the coaching coaches in the system, I, I think you're gonna see a very improved Mason Richmond and someone who's going to kind of step into a leadership role. Another guy that I see a similar happening for is right guard Connor Colby. I mean, Connor Colby was a true freshman who started a majority of last year. You do not, as a true freshman, start on Iowa's line if they don't see something good in you. He has a ton of untapped potential. He Struggled a bit last year. Again, he was a freshman. All the reports are that he put on weight this offseason. He's supposedly around like 310. I just, he's another guy that, with the experience he's gained over the past year and another year of cohesion that he's built with his line mates, I see him breaking out this year. And you, you wait for him in year three. Um, Some other guys on the line, I mentioned Jack Plum at right tackle. He's big. He has starting experience. He can kind of be a veteran leader that the youngsters on the line look towards. Um, You could probably say the same thing for potential left guard Justin Britt. He's gotten a good amount of snaps in his career with the Hawkeyes. Um, Center is a very interesting spot because you have former three-star recruit Tyler Ellsbury, uh, Tyler Ellsbury is kind of the forgotten man, but he, he's still young. He's only a sophomore. Um, the other candidate to look out for, and this will put a smile on the faces of a lot of fans in Hawkeye Nation, is former defensive tackle, now converted to center, Logan Jones. I mean, defensive tackle to center. Who does that remind you of? Hint, hint, he just went in the first round. Not saying Logan Jones is going to become the next Tyler Linderbaum, but it's certainly 
it's certainly a situation to keep monitored. Again, I think there's a lot of good young talent on this line. Maybe, maybe they're all still a year away, and you'll see a lot more of the same from last year. There's a reason the media is kind of lower on Iowa's line going into this year than they typically are because Iowa's routinely a top 10 line in the nation. But there's a lot of good potential with this line. They could definitely, as I predict, rebound to form in 2022. It's definitely the biggest position group that is worth monitoring going into 2022. Um, very much coinciding with the offensive line because they're pretty dependent on the big guys up front is the running back group. As I mentioned, Tyler Goodson is gone now. Um, he is he was an undrafted free agent, I believe. Uh, I want to say he went to Green Bay. Yes, he did go to Green Bay, and it's a pretty it's a pretty good loss for the for the Hawkeyes. You know, pretty notable. He was definitely I, I loved watching him i thought he was underrated definitely from a draft perspective but iowa's always been a next man up mentality with their run game it's been the same case for the offensive line again that's why i think the line will be fine this year and it's the same thing for the running backs um i think that gavin williams showed a lot in the bowl game against kentucky um, he ran hard, which was very nice to see. Um, how much did he have? That uh, He finished the season with 305 yards, 4.7 yards of carry, in relief of Tyler Goodson. In that bowl game against Kentucky, he rushed for 98 yards. Uh, that's about six yards of pop right there. So we will have to see if he can take on a full workload. But... I'm pretty optimistic about Gavin Williams. Uh, again, though, a lot of it has to do with, as most running games are, it has to do with how well this line does. Um, if we see more of the same in run blocking from the line last year, Williams might struggle, definitely. But if they give him a chance, you never know. He could really surprise some people in 2022. Uh, I, I don't know if the running game is going to see a massive drop-off, even though they're losing a pretty dang solid back in Tyler Goodson. But definitely everything depends on how the offensive line is going. I uh, That's why I'm really excited for Gavin Williams this year. Hard runner, and I think he fits in exactly with what Iowa wants to do. And the line will be improved, in my opinion. Could definitely be wrong, but we shall see. Finishing up with another group that is dependent on a uh, position group we already talked about. It is the pass catchers. I'm going to lump in the tight ends with the, um, with the wide receivers here. And I personally think this is one, probably the most underrated unit on this team. One of the most underrated in the Big Ten because you don't really hear a ton of buzz around any of these guys that are pass catchers besides Sam Laporta, of course. But 
just from watching them, there's a lot of talent. It just depends on if Spencer Peters can get them the ball. So obviously, we will start out with tight end Sam Laporta. Laporta is one of the best tight ends in the nation. They really, really lucked out when he decided to come back to school. And he pretty much was their receiving offense last year. Um, He had 670 yards, which was nearly double the second leading receiver. And pretty much whenever a catch was needed, a big play was needed, they always went to Laporta. He is the best tight end in the Big Ten. And he probably starts that next tier of guys after the A tier of guys like Brock Bowers and Eric Gilbert from Georgia and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Like, he's in that next tier, guys. He's an NFL caliber tight end. And he's going to probably continue to be the same for Iowa this year. He's going to be the go-to guy that Peters looks for. And don't expect to see any difference in his role. Now, a guy that I'm hoping to see an increased role for is Keegan Johnson. Uh, Keegan Johnson was a freshman last year, and he has massive big play potential. I've seen cases where a play looks dead, and he'll manage to break a tackle, use his speed to get downfield, and make a big play happen. And he's a guy that can stretch the field with his athleticism, which is big because uh, Charlie Jones, sadly, transferred to Purdue. So you're going to need a guy like Johnson to keep stretching that field, keep the middle of the field open for guys like Sam Laporta, guys like slat receiver Nico Regani. Um, in, in my opinion, that shouldn't just be what Johnson does. He shouldn't just be the traditional X receiver that he can be. I would look to be getting the ball in as many different creative ways as I could with him, whether it be screens, whether it be with uh, jet sweeps, which I think Iowa should include in their game a good amount, you know, not just giving jet sweeps you know, that don't do it every play, but including those motions during the snap to really throw the defense off. I, I think the biggest thing is getting Keegan Johnson involved with the offense. Speaking of a guy who, to get involved with the offense in a bunch of creative ways, um, Harlan Bruce is a, is a gadget player to keep an eye on. Again, looking at, the, at a, a player who can really be a threat on those jet motions – Arlen Bruce proved that he is dangerous with the ball in his hands. They used him a solid amount with jet sweeps last year. Um, he's a, We didn't really see a ton of him as a receiver, but the Hawkeyes are going to need someone to step up as a third target now that Charlie Jones is gone. And I think with his special skill set, Arlen Bruce is definitely in line for that increased role. He shouldn't just be used as a as a pure like gadget guy. They should be using him in a multitude of ways and just use him as a weapon, pretty much. 
have him do a lot of gadgety stuff, have him be the secondary receiver. I'd like to see him go in the slot some. I understand that Nico Regani's a pretty good, um, reliable option over the middle, but I really think it, a player like Bruce can unlock this offense, especially if you're not the most confident in Spencer Petras to make the big throws down the field and you still really want to feature the running game, having players and athletes like Keegan Johnson and like Arlen Bruce who can do stuff with the ball in their hands, with quick hitters, with handoffs, that can really open up the run game. Uh, I look very much at how teams such as the Ravens have used motion and the threat of receivers handling the ball as just basically athletes on the field and players on the field rather than just being receivers doing traditional routes you know using them as all-purpose players it really helped open up the Ravens run game and of course having Lamar Jackson helped a ton with that but then when you looked when the Rams did a ton of the same stuff, when they had Jared Goff, who's not really a mobile guy, it really helped unlock their run game back in, I want to say it was 2020. So I think that both Bruce, again, Bruce is very much the one specifically that I'd love to see them do this sort of stuff with and use him in a multitude of ways. But with Johnson's athleticism as well, I think it can really help open up the offense a ton and really get this running game back on track as well. Um, I really do hope that Spencer Petras takes another step in his game so you can see a lot more down the field stuff with their receivers and the passing game can become a lot more dynamic. But let's face it, Iowa's always a running team. That's what they're always going to be with Brian Ferentz at the helm. It's Iowa football. Smash mouth running, complementing good defense. Smash mouth running and good, just a good rushing attack doesn't just mean running up the middle and using power running. You can use the threat of speed from your receivers and motion and, and that sort of misdirection to confuse the defense and get their eyes off of their gaps and their reads to open up that run game. So we'll see if anything more is implemented with Bruce and hopefully Johnson. But as a whole, I am really excited for this receiving group. I think that Keegan Johnson has NFL potential. I know that Sam Laporta is an NFL player. And Arlen Bruce has can be a very good college player. He can be a very good college player, almost in the vein of a Smith-Marset, where they just have him do a little bit of everything, which is what the Iowa offense could use so they're not so samey. They can mix it up and have a spark out of nowhere. So, in summation, just looking at this offense, I have hope that it can improve in 2022. I think, as I said, the biggest, biggest thing they need is for Spencer Petras to to really improve his game, fix up the little things, 
Um, don't airmail so many throws. Make some less turnover-worthy decisions. They need him to be a better game manager, pretty much. Again, I I don't think that a player like Sean Clifford is the best quarterback in the world or a potential like NFL star, but Sean Clifford's a guy who's been a very good game manager for Penn State or someone like Tanner Morgan the same way. It does just worry me that he's so far along into his college career and we haven't seen that improvement yet. It does give me a little bit of worries, but I have hope, the same way I have hope for this offensive line to rebound back to form. Um, There's a lot of question marks on this Iowa offense, quarterback, offensive line, running back. I think to a lesser degree, wide receiver, while I think there's a good amount of upside, it's most people kind of have an expectation of Iowa's receiving group. So it's not as big of a variable as offensive line is or running back is. Uh, The pass catchers exceeding expectations is just that, an added benefit to really help this offense. Um, I think that they should be improved. I, I wouldn't say like leaps and bounds. I'm not expecting us to be putting up points like Ohio State this upcoming year. But you should see Iowa football look a lot more like Iowa football on offense in 2022. And that'll do it for the very first episode of the Kinnick Drive podcast. I very much thank you for giving a listen. If you want more great Iowa Hawkeyes content, make sure to give a subscribe. Uh, Very soon, I'm going to be having a complimentary piece come out about Iowa's better half, the defense. Make sure to follow me on the Twitter machine at Jacob Keppen. I'm always active there, ready to debate and talk about sports, whether it's football or not, Hawkeyes or not. I'm always ready to have a conversation, so make sure to give me a follow there. Um, If you want more great Iowa Hawkeyes content, make sure to check out all my written work. That's going to be at Hawkeyes Wire. Um, You can find that plastered all over my social media, but go check out Hawkeyes Wire. We have a very talented and dedicated trio of writers over there, and we're very much dedicated to giving University of Iowa fans all the coverage they need on their favorite school. Um, We cover all the sports, not just football, and we try to have a mix of serious and breaking news, you know, traditional journalism, but have some fun at the same time because it is sports after all. It is supposed to be fun. So signing off, this is Jacob Keppen here. Have a great rest of your day and go Hawkeyes.